Welcome back, folks. Today we're looking at Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God. I thank you for your love for us, for your goodness. I thank you for your Holy Spirit that teaches us and leads us and guides us in all things. <clears throat> so as we look at these, we look at your word today, I just ask God that you would teach us. Not just teach us in our minds, but just teach our hearts to see you. Teach us to hear your voice. Shape us. Mold us, God, we yield to you, that you would make me and each and every person that listens to this into the person that you want us to be, that we would be more like you, that we would just shine your light out even brighter, even clearer to the world around us. And Father, I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're looking at Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples. And he said to them, Go into the village opposite you. And as soon as you have entered it, you will find a colt on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need of it, and immediately he will send it here. So they went their way and found the colt tied by the door outside on the street, and they loosed it. But some of those who stood there said to them, what are you doing loosing the colt? And they spoke to them just as Jesus, Jesus had commanded. So they let them go. Then they brought the colt to, to Jesus and threw their clothes on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their clothes on the road, and others cut down leafy branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then those who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David. That blessed is the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And Jesus went into Jerusalem and into the temple. So when he had looked around at all the things, and the hour was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. So there's a lot of things in, we could look at in here, but I want to kind of focus in on the front, on the just the front portion of this. Um, Really going to look at verses one through probably one through seven more than we will the latter parts. Um, we've just uh, well, depending on when you're watching this, but for me, I've just come out of just come out of Easter, so we've looked at the triumphal entry and some different things there. But I just really want to kind of look at the beginning of this. Um, we see that they're heading down into Jerusalem. Jesus knows where they're going, um, and he gives the disciples some instructions. He tells them to go into the village, um, and they're going to find a colt. He wants them to just untie it and bring it to him. And then he says in verse 3, If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it, and immediately he will send it here. As I read through this, I'm just there's some things that strike me as a little odd, um, but it's a different time. I mean, I wouldn't imagine walking, like, getting ready to head into town someplace and, like, walking into town and going up to somebody's house and saying, oh, I need to borrow your car. And just kind of walking up and grabbing the keys and taking and driving the car away. Um, but things were a little bit different back there. But still, and I'm sure Jesus was well known as well as were his disciples. And we know that the crowds followed him like just masses. <clears throat> but just as I look at this, I'm thinking more from the standpoint of the disciples as Jesus is saying, go into this town and this is what you're going to find. Um, this is what you're going to say and this is what you're going to do. Now I know that they they're the disciples. They're with Jesus. They've been with him for um for three almost three years now. And they've seen him do so many things. But time and time again we see that the disciples um we see him struggling to just follow through on what Jesus says. 
Um, they question so many things, even in the face of mighty miracles. I mean, even in the face of Jesus feeding 5,000, 3,000, the disciples, we still see them just time and time again, kind of getting caught up in their own minds and not really fully understanding. So as Jesus sends them in to get this, to get this cult, and he t- gives them the instructions exactly what to do, I wonder what was going through their head. And that's kind of where I rest for a minute. It's just like, okay, so what was going through their head as they're walking into town? It's like, okay, Jesus, we're going in and you want us to pick up this donkey. Um, but nobody really knows we're coming. Nobody knows what's going on at this point. Um, but then we find that they go into town and they find everything just as Jesus said. There's the colt um, and they got time. And then just like Jesus said, if anyone says, if anyone says to you, what are you doing? Well, that's what some people did. They said, what on earth are you doing? Um, and they responded the way that Jesus told them to respond and everything was okay. So I really want to encourage you just as we look at this, because the same way that Jesus gave his disciples something to do, he gave them some instruction. Um, he gave them a task to perform. Um, we've all been given things that Jesus is asking us to do. Um, it can be as broad as just, hey, I want you to follow me. It can be more specific, like, hey, I want you to go talk to this person. Hey, I need you to um, visit with this group of people. I need you to teach this group of people. It can be any number of things. And if you're anything like me, I found that at times in my life when God's asking me to do something, that there's a lot of questions that come up. It's like, okay, so what, well, how am I going to do this? What are the, what am I going to respond if they ask this? Our brains just start. It seems like, at least for me, my mind comes up with every reason imaginable um, to find an issue with what God's calling me to do. Um, it's normal. It, it happens. It's one of those things that our brains just start working and we start doubting because we're not always as confident as we would want to be. And folks, I want you to know I'm okay with that. Um, I come off with a confidence at times. But more often than not, I don't know, I don't have the confidence that people think that I do. <clears throat> Even to get on here and make these videos every morning. Um, I hope I come across like I know what I'm saying and like what I'm doing, but there's, but I come in and I know um, that I can't do this alone. My my, prayer, my opening prayer is, God, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Holy Spirit, I need you to speak through me because honestly, folks, I don't want any, I don't need to give any of you my opinion. My opinion doesn't really matter. What I think, um, what I say, it doesn't, it doesn't really mean much. What I really need is I need to be able to hear the heart of the Lord. I need to be able to hear God's voice as we look at his word and as he opens my eyes to see what he wants to say, because there's a lot of things that could be said, but the only thing I really want to say is what God has to say. So, and I've learned over the past couple of months of just making these videos as we've been walking through the book of Mark, that if God calls you to do something, if he gives you an instruction He's going to make the way for it. He's going to give you what you need in the midst of it. And we see that here. And that's one of the things I wanted to focus on is Jesus knew exactly what was going to happen when he sent his disciples in to get this cult. He sent them in and he knew what they were going to encounter. And he prepared them in advance for it. He told them, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to say. And everything's going to be all right. And folks, I really want you to kind of remember that that's going to apply to your circumstances as well. Whatever, whatever God's called you into. If we're willing to step out into it in obedience, he's going to take care of the rest. Um, now, we can't just go in willy-nilly and just, I can't sit down here to make this video and, and never open my Bible until I come in to sit down to you and talk to you guys. That would be foolish on my part. That would be detrimental, not just, not only to this, um, to the podcast and the YouTube, but also to my relationship with the Lord. If I didn't, 
if I didn't take time to seek him, if I didn't take time to talk to him aside from just sitting down to make to make this video, then that would that would end very, very poorly for me. Um, in my personal life, it wouldn't it would not go well. Um, it would really kind of it would really kind of start to shipwreck things because who I am, what God wants me to do doesn't come from doesn't come from the things that I do for God. Um, I don't identify myself as a YouTuber or as a podcaster. That's that's not who I am. I'm a son of God who he has called to share his word, to encourage others, to strengthen others. The same way we're all called to do the exact same thing. Folks, really, I'm not any I'm not I'm not unique in what God has called me to do. Now, he's called me. He's really kind of given me some clear instructions that it needs to be um, here out um, like on the Internet, out in public. So that's what I'm doing. But really, my calling isn't all that unique. We're all called to grow up, be like Christ, walk in his image and share the truth of who he is. Share his light, share his love. That's what we're all called to do. Really, the only difference between me and you may be the fact that I'm supposed to do it looking at a camera and talking into a microphone. But the reality is we all encounter people every day that God is calling us to speak into. And one of the things that comes up is that I've heard so many times and I've felt so many times is that, well, I don't know what to say. I don't know enough. Reality is, folks, we've just got to open our mouths. We've just got to start walking it out. Um, I was talking to actually my daughter yesterday. <laughs> she doesn't know I'm sharing this. So she'll be surprised when she listens. But I was talking to her yesterday and um, God really led her and prompted her to start a Bible study at her school. And she did. And she has. And um, she's actually, she's gotten some people that are consistently showing up. It's just a small group of people. Um, but we were talking yesterday that she was talking with one of the um, one of the people in her Bible study and afterwards her mind just started racing. She's like, well, did I say the right thing? Did I say this right? Could I have said this better? And her mind was just racing and racing and racing through all these, all these what ifs. What if, well, did I do this right? Could I have done this better? And I just looked at her and I said, here's the thing. I have the exact same thoughts every time I talk to somebody. I have the exact same thoughts every time I teach. Every time I've stood up to preach, I walk away and these thoughts start to come. Well, what if you didn't say this right? What about this? What about this? And folks, those are just distractions. Um, and I share that so you know you're not alone. If you've got those thoughts, if, you, if you're if you getting ready to go talk to somebody about the Lord, or if you want to speak into a situation because you know God's got something to say, then do it. But afterwards, if the thought comes, well, maybe, what if I didn't say that quite right? What about this? What about that? The reality is, folks, those thoughts are going to come. But we've got to trust that Holy Spirit's big enough to handle anything. And the reality is, even if we do mess up, even if we do say something a little wrong, we've got to trust that Holy Spirit's big enough to protect that. One of the things you'll notice on these videos is, um, you get me, you won't see me, you won't see a whole lot of editing going on. And there's a reason for that. Um, about the only editing I do to the video on the podcast is I take the dead space out at the front, I take the dead space out at the end. So the rest of it, from start to finish, um, as pretty much a straight run through. Um, I don't edit a whole lot out. If I, if I misread a word, if I get caught up on a word, I don't, I don't take that out. I want you to see like the reality of what it is. I don't want this to be something clean and polished. Like, Oh, this guy's got it all together because folks reality is most of the time I don't have it all figured out. Um, all I know is that I've got to walk with God in obedience to him and he's going to take care of the rest. And that's what we see here. And that's one of the things I really want to encourage you in. It's just, it is step out, walk in obedience, and trust that God's going to give you what you need. Um, as you pursue, him, as you even as you even things as simple as just opening your Bible and reading the Word, um, open it up, start reading, take a couple of verses, and just pray, God, I need to see you. I want, 
to see what you have to say and trust that as you read, he's going to. And here's the thing. If you don't remember it, um, I, I've talked to, I've talked to a handful of people in it. I'll pick on my kids again for a little bit because I'll go through and they'll go to school or they'll, or they'll go to church and they'll, um, or they'll do their devotions. And I'll say, so what did you learn? And they're like, uh, not sure. And that happens sometimes. We go through and we'll, we'll read, we'll read the word, we'll read, we'll pray. And then we'll walk away saying, I don't fully remember everything that God just said, folks. That's okay. Because I promise you this, if you're faithful to put in the time, if you're faithful to spend the time in the word, to take and put the word into you and to pray, that God's going to be faithful, that when you need that word, he'll bring it back up. I could not even recount how many times I've gone through and I've been in a conversation with somebody and there was a scripture that was perfectly timed for that conversation that just came back to mind and I shared it with him and it made a difference. And I walked away saying, where on earth did that come from? Because Holy Spirit's big enough to bring back to memory the things that I've that I've been faithful to study and to read and to put in. I don't always have all the answers. Reality is, folks, I don't want to have all the answers. <clears throat> One of the things that I, I really don't ever want to do is have to give somebody my opinion. My opinion doesn't matter. I want someone to be able to see Christ in me. I want to be able to share Jesus with people, not my opinions, not my thoughts, because really my thoughts are irrelevant. What Dan thinks doesn't really matter. What does God say? What's God's opinion on a situation? And that's what we're really called to share. So it helps. It pulls us away from, um, it pulls us outside of arguments. It pulls us outside of the debates about this or about that, or, well, this is my opinion on this, or this is my opinion on this issue, or this is my opinion on politics, or this is my opinion on the second coming. There's so many different things that people want to share their opinions on. But the reality is, folks, the world doesn't need our opinions and I feel like I'm off on a tangent, but I'm going to go for a second because the reality is the world doesn't need our opinions. They need Jesus. So our opinions don't matter. What I think about how things are unfolding in the world, it doesn't really matter. My life is to call people to look at Jesus. My opinions of Jesus don't even matter. What I know to be true of Jesus is what matters. The truth of his word, the truth of what he has done in my life. Those are the things that people need to hear. They don't, we don't need to be in all these discussions. Well, I think this, I think that, I think this, I think that. Those things can be beneficial to a small point, but most of the time, people need to hear the truth and the hope in Jesus. So get in those conversations. Open your mouth. Let the words come out. And just like when the disciples were sent out with a purpose and Jesus told them what to say, folks, I promise you, Holy Spirit's going to come along and he's going to give you the words to speak if you're willing to open your mouth and speak them. Uh, one more thing to that point before I uh, say the next, if we can jump onto the next part that I want to look at, is sometimes you're going to have to open your mouth and start talking before you start getting the words to speak. That may sound weird, but so many times I've been in a conversation and I know about three words that I'm supposed to say and I don't know anything past that. Um, so I have to just start with those three words. And as soon as I start with those two or three words, then more start coming. Um, for me, I don't know how it is for the rest of you, but for me, God doesn't usually give me a whole lot in advance, um, probably because I would get caught up in my own head and mess things up because I've had some pretty um, powerful conversations, the things that God's asked me to say to some people in a one-on-one -on -one setting and a two-on-one -on -one setting that it just, it, it's been pretty powerful. And if I knew what he wanted me to say ahead of time, reality is folks, I probably wouldn't have said it. I probably would have thought in my mind, there's no way I can say these things 
it's 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 too strong it's too straight it's too it's too corrective or it's it's just too much i can't i can't do that so for me god doesn't usually give me the whole conversation up front he'll give me two three words maybe a sentence or so but as we as i start talking as we as i start to share with someone as i start to engage in that conversation the words just come and i look back afterwards and i'm like wow i uh, didn't even know that i knew that much or somebody will ask me, I'll say something and somebody will like, we'll get a little bit into the conversation. Somebody will say, well, what did you say about, and the reality is, I don't remember. I don't know. Um, some of my friends laugh at me and say, I don't know what I'm doing or what I'm saying 95% of the time. And folks, really, I feel like that's true and I'm okay with it because I just want Jesus. I just want Holy Spirit. If I can live my life in a place of faith, trusting that he's going to get, he's going to lead me, he's going to guide me. And if I get out of bounds, I trust that he's just going to, he's going to strike me mute and shut me up so that people don't have to hear what I have to say, but they can continue to hear him. Another interesting little thing I wanted to share about this. Um, I'm still stuck with this donkey, so we're probably going to wrap up with this part. Um, but I don't remember exactly who I heard it from, but it was a while back that um, I was just listening to somebody talk about um, the donkey and just this whole the whole idea of the tri- triumphal entry, Jesus heading into Jerusalem. And he rode on the donkey, but the donkey didn't really seem overly significant. Nobody really noticed the donkey as he was walking through. Um, nobody recognized the donkey. Nobody um, praised the donkey. The donkey didn't get a reward for what it did. Um, the donkey was just hanging out there and he got untied. And next thing you know, he's got some guy on his back walking into town and a whole lot of noise. But the reality is the donkey was so important in the story. One, the donkey carried Jesus in, but the donkey was actually a fulfillment of prophecy. Um, I don't remember where it is right offhand, but um, there's a prophecy, I think it's someplace in Isaiah that says, look, behold, your king comes gentle, um, gentle mild riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So this, for him to come in like this was actually a fulfillment of prophecy. But to just look at it, the donkey was just a simple animal, just a simple beast, didn't have anything profound about the donkey, but yet he played such an important role. And I heard a teacher make a comment once upon a time. It's the, the statement that was made is, I'm just a donkey carrying the king. And folks, that hit me so hard when I heard it. Um, actually, it's just thinking about that has me emotional right now. Um, just share with that. In my car, I've got a little, a little plastic donkey that literally sits on the dash right next to the speedometer. Um, to remind me and then I've got one on my desk at work to remind me that really who I am isn't isn't anything big and fancy but if I can be just a donkey who gets the, the privilege of carrying the king if everywhere I go I just get to carry and bear Jesus that his light his image would shine out of me that's enough for me I don't need a big platform I don't need fame popularity money I don't need any of those things if I can have the honor and the privilege for the short time that I've got on this earth and in this life to just be the one that carries the Christ, that I can be the one that in me, and as well as you, you have the same privilege, but if I can just simply be one who carries the King, if I can be one who carries Jesus, that's enough. And folks, I really want to leave you with that because that's all we're really called to do. We're called to live our lives, to walk out in obedience to what God's given us, where he leads us, where he directs us, and we're just, we're made to bear his image. We're made to carry him. So if I can just be a donkey carrying a king, that's enough 
from me, that everything, everything, everything anyone gets from me is nothing but Jesus. If I can do that, I'm confident that when I stand before my father, I will hear those words. Well done, my good and faithful servant, because that's what I'm aiming for. That's what I'm after is to just simply walk out in obedience. What he has called me to be his son, to carry his image into a world that needs him maybe now more than ever. But if, but even if not, we definitely know people around us that need to see Jesus. They don't need to hear about him. They need to see him carried, him lived out, him walked out. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, God, for your goodness. I thank you that you have called each and every one of us to walk out in your image, to carry your son, to carry your love, your light, all that you are, to carry that out in us each and every day. Father, I just ask that you would teach us to step out in obedience knowing that you will give us everything we need. Your words will come to our mouth. You will provide everything if we step out and walk in obedience, God, that we can walk in faith knowing that you will never leave us. You will never fail us. You will never forsake us. Holy Spirit, just fill each and every person that is listening this morning. God, I ask that you would come, that you would empower them, not just not just to understand, but God, that you would give them a boldness, that you would give them a power to help them walk out the gospel, walk out the truth of your life and bear forth um, and go out and just carry your image. And Lord, that as we walk out, you are the one who will, who will bear the fruit. You are the one who will impact and change lives if we're faithful to do our part. I just thank you, God. I give you all the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. I pray. Amen.